podcast. I am your host, Tino Kuda, Tondurai, Bunzabaya. No, I ain't gonna repeat that. Here is a podcast that is creating the dialogue and the space for black men to be their most authentic selves. Now, my guest today is Dr. Nick. And Dr. Nick is a world-renowned tutor and mentor who has been on shows such as NBC, Fox News, and he's been doing this for about 20 years now. And you hear in this episode about why he started mentoring and tutoring and how he's having an impact on young people within society you know this guy is truly global he's had mentors which are educating in the US in Jamaica in Canada and you know he's really got a passion for people and for young people and wanting to see them become unstoppable and I really like that you hear him say that he wants to build unstoppable children and I think that is amazing and so Dr Nick comes onto the podcast to talk about his mentoring to talk about his tutoring he gets into how he started it where he came from Um, he emigrated here from Jamaica when he was 19 years old and ever since then he's just been supporting the community and building young people he was a teacher as well for a while so he's been in the game he understands (laughs) he understands what's going on so I really hope you guys enjoy this episode with Dr. Nick. I'm going to give you a little snippet of what you've got to look forward to. So bear with me with just a second. It was good enjoyment for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, I don't, it doesn't take much for me to enjoy life, you see. Um, but, but it was about, for me, it's about multiplying myself so we could have a bigger effect on the community. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a leader... Right. Um, and you can create 10 leaders. As I said, you, you, your, your measure is not it is not how much you achieve for yourself, but how many people help to achieve what you can achieve. You know yeah. what they can achieve. Sorry. So um, for me, it's about stepping back and getting people to step out and achieve a lot as well. So if I have if I can only support 50 students a year and if I train 10 people who can also support, say, 50 students a year, we're not supporting uh, 500 students as opposed to me just supporting 50. I mean, for me, the highlights of my career in terms of the community work I do is to see the transformation. You know, when, especially when you, you, you meet some, you know, young person who is mindset a bit negative, they feel like they can't do it. They have low confidence. They have low self-esteem. They have no self-belief. And that's a huge problem. And then you have to, you know, as the, the tutor, as the mentor, you spend time working with them to build up their self-belief, to build up their self-confidence. Because it doesn't matter how much math or English or science you teach, without the self-confidence and the self-belief, it won't reach anywhere. You're wasting your time. So you first, you have to build up that self-confidence, build up the self-belief that they can feel, okay, I can achieve something, I can do something, right? So I don't care how low they are in their maths and their English. What I'm checking first and foremost is how strong they are in their self-belief and their self-confidence. If they are very, um, very confident in themselves, like I can do things, I can get, achieve something. And now mm-hmm. sometimes I start with sports. Do you do any sport? And they're like, yeah, I do football. I'm really good at football, blah, blah, blah. Now you kind of feel that like this child is able to achieve something. They have that confidence of achievement. That passion for community, where did it come from? I I, um, I think you have to go back to my 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 days in the classroom, and also I tell you what I've been always been a leader. I was told in school that I was a ringleader um, <laughs> <laughs> until recently, uh, about maybe two three years ago. A teacher of mine when I was in secondary school, uh, we still connect and we have that connection, and he said to me. Uh, when you were going to school, they said you were a ringleader, blah, blah, blah. They used to tell me that myself. So I knew that they had that belief. But uh, he was the one breaking it down to me. I said, this is, you know, you were a leader from then. But because of the school system, it's not certain things that you were, were doing that weren't tolerated, which as I come to know now, uh, <laughs> so you were seen as a bad thing. But um, so I've been always been a leader. I think uh, the kind of the, the, those are qualities I had since I was a young person. And um, the whole idea about building the community and seeing things um you know, becoming better within my community. I think that came through from my my own drive as a person to be better. 
because I always want to be better and uh, I'm, I'm very ambitious in everything I do. I want to be the best. I want to be better. I want to, you know, see things happening. I want to see things in a better way. And I have this belief, uh, very, I'm deeply spiritual. And I also believe that I should make the world a better place than I came to see it. So now that you've listened to what you've got to look forward to in this episode, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Please tell me what you think. I'm going to put a little question down. If you're listening on Spotify, you can go and engage that way. But if not, if you're listening somewhere else, then just drop me a message, holler at me um, on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email me speak at blackandraw.co.uk. My socials are at blackandraw at everything. So yeah, holler at me what you think. And I really hope you guys enjoy this episode i enjoy talking to dr nick it's got lots of laughs in this episode so i hope you enjoy it and hope you get some good value out of it and yeah let's let's get to the episode so here is my conversation with dr nick so dr nick welcome to the black and raw podcast it's really good to have you on brilliant thank you very much tino thank you for inviting me my pleasure no, it's, all, it's all right it's all right how has your day been how you been Yes, I've been great. I've just been working, as you know, I'm a teacher, so I do a lot of my teaching in the evenings. <laughs> so straight after teaching, I'm here with you, but uh, it's it's a pleasure. It's good to, to talk to you about this stuff that you're doing with your um, podcast. I think it's vital for a community to be getting this information out there. So um, it's a vital time. So I, I, I couldn't resist the opportunity <laughs> to join you. No, thank you very much. Thank you. And you mentioned teaching. And so we'll sort of just get into the meat of it. Can you tell my audience what you do, your passion and your, how, how that came about? Right. Excellent. So, um, for, for, for the audience, uh, sake of the audience, right. For them to kind of know who I am. I mean, I'm Dr. Nick and my background is teaching. So um, I'm more focused now on community development as opposed to teaching a school classroom. So um, I started teaching back in th- 2002. <laughs> You've been teaching for a while then. <laughs> More than a while. <laughs> that's over 20 years, uh, Tina. Uh, that's not a while. <laughs> 20 years ago, more than 20 years. Um, I started teaching at age 21. Mm. So it's been a long time, (laughs) you know, and um, I'm still going, but I I started a secondary science teacher and I moved from there into higher education. So I was lecturing at the university uh, for a number of years. And, uh, but at this time I had a side hustle going on as Mm. everybody should have a side hustle, right? (laughs) And uh, that became my main job eventually. And um, that's where I'm at now. I'm, I'm working in my, in my own business, which is tutoring and youth mentoring where I support, you know, the community parents and children with their endeavors. And I also train people to become mentors as well. Cause some people out there trying to get into the field of youth mentoring. I have a training course that I run to support them because it's the vision of empowering the community. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah, no, that sounds all, that sounds very interesting. Um, and I'd like to know sort of how you got into that, but do you, do you miss teaching? You've been doing it for a while. You did it since you were 21 years old. Do you ever miss, um, being in the classroom and educating young minds? Well, I teach every day. As I said, I, I, I'm a teacher, so I teach within my own organization as opposed to a school classroom. So, um, when I, kind of my background to to teaching. I got involved about 2002 thereabouts and I was in the classroom full time up to 2009. In 2009, I wanted to go part-time because my, my business was growing on the side and I wanted mm-hmm. to put more effort in my business because by then I started to learn and understand the power of finances and um, uh, how money works and how business works and so on. Because when I was growing up, I didn't really learn that. <laughs> I grew up in Jamaica and um, our thing when I was growing up back home, it's about going to school, get a good education, work hard and, you know, work until you get a pension. So that was the, the blueprint I had was to follow. I now call that the standard life plan. <laughs> <laughs> so many of us got that plan, right? So it's yeah, kind of standard, isn't it? It's pretty standard yeah. plan that we, we get um, back then. So um, that was what I, I, I got and I was working on that. And then, you know, about mid 2010s, 
uh, around now, actually now, about 2005, thereabouts, I got involved in, in, in the whole thing about coaching and I started to get a coach of my own, somebody to mentor me. And that's when I really started to learn and understand, um, you know, the game of money and business and how it works. And I changed my mind because my, one of my, my, my motivation was to become a deputy head teacher. So mm-hmm. I was on route for that. And I, I got involved in other things and I changed my mind and I thought, well, I don't think that's the route I want to take anymore. Because at, at the time, <laughs> I didn't know any other route. So yeah. that's why I was just following my standard life plan, as I call it, because I knew nothing else. But then when I, I started to, to interact with other people who are doing other things, and these were entrepreneurs doing great things and wonderful things within the community space and so on. And I realized that they were making a decent living from what they were, were doing and they were building the community. I thought that was a really good idea. And they didn't have the politics yeah, <laughs> around I as I was getting in school. And they didn't have to wake up so early because I, I, I <laughs> was waking up so early at, you know, 5.30 in the mornings to get to work. So when I look at all of that, there's a lot of pluses, you know. Um, so that's when I decided I was going to, focus more on my business because I had the business started, but I wasn't doing much with it at the time, you know, something on the side, it's just a small thing. But then I started to focus more on it. And then by 09, I wanted to go part-time at work because my business grew up to the point where it was sustaining my, my lifestyle. And I think if I go part-time at work, then it would be fine because I could put more effort in the business. But at the time, the um, the head teacher I had said I couldn't go part time because I'm a science teacher and it's a core subject and Ofsted and blah blah blah. So the I politics. To resign. <laughs> exactly the politics came in. <laughs> so I decided to resign from that job. People say, "What are you gonna do now? You resign from your job, whatever." I'm like, "Oh, but they didn't know how a little backup thing going on." Yeah, so, <laughs> little side thing. <laughs> you know, uh, why the, the why I wanted to go part time at the time was I realized whenever I went out and I did any marketing that time, back then we didn't have social media. So mm-hmm. we had to go out and, and literally drop flyers or you go to a shop and you stick things in the shop window and you know, those old school marketing. I don't think you would have understood that kind of marketing anyway. <laughs> I'm a bit <laughs> but, young for that. But, one, I say. You know, but the older folks out there who, who understand flyers and leaflets and stuff like that, they would know that, you know, we go to a shop and you ask them, can you put something in the window? They were charging like 50 pence a week to put a, like a, an A5 uh, flyer in the window. I don't know if you know A5 size, what that looks like anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. for you guys who are digital nowadays, you don't print it. You've got to make content, so there's still no sizes. So. Yeah, there you go. Well done, well done. Very good, awesome. So uh, we we stick those in the shop windows and, you know, it'll be five pound, um, 50p a week and then it went up to a, a pound a week and so on and so forth. To be and fair, so, 50p a week's not too bad. It, it's, so, you know, we're talking about years ago though. Yeah, I guess so. Or a small thing in the window. And if you went up for an A5 size, I'm uh, sorry, A, A4 size, you pay double and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was awesome. And um, whenever I went out and I did any, anything like that, I would... Um, get some immediate response where people calling me up said, Hey, can you support my child? Uh, we're looking for tu- a tutor. At the time, tuition wasn't popular either. It wasn't sexy. It wasn't cool. Nobody knows about tuition, but I know about it from, from back home. So I brought the concept with me and, um, yeah, so I was getting these phone calls and stuff. So I realized that every time I step out and do something, I'm getting a raise of pay. But if I'm in school, it doesn't matter how many hours I put in, I didn't get a raise. So I thought to myself, it's better if I take time off from work to put more time in the business. And um, then they said I couldn't go part-time. So I thought I'd try something else. So I resigned and I I, I saw a part-time job at Middlesex University for an, for an evening time lecturer to lecture mm-hmm. education studies. So I got involved in that. I, I applied for that. I got the job. It was great. I, I spent about, I think, six, seven years there lecturing from, from 09 to twenty. 14 or 15, something like that. I was the other lecturer uh, in education studies. And and at that time, my business started to grow even more rapidly because I had more time to put in the business. And um, after that, that period, you know, during that period, the business grew so much that I, I felt I needed to put full-time energy in the business. So yeah. I then decided to to quit my job and then focus fully on my business. And uh, that was a blessing because it really helped me to build the, continue to build my community, which is my passion. It's about building our community, building the black community, because as you can see, some, some areas, you know, within our community is in need of a lot of help and support, especially our young people. 
So I was very happy that I was able to step back and then, you know, focus on the community, focus on building up our community, focus on the young minds, focus on helping the parents who need the support. And then gradually that is, um, that continued and it just grow, 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 grow. So till um, it got to the point where I started to teach other people to do what I'm doing. Yeah. I could manage all the work myself. <laughs> I need some help. We all need some help, don't we? <laughs> we need help. Also, so you can step back a bit and enjoy your enjoy your life in it. You can <laughs> still yeah, do some I, of your I, work. I, you know. it, it's not the, the, the enjoyment of the life, to be honest, because I've been enjoying my life a lot. I mean, even this yeah. podcast here is good enjoyment for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, does, I don't, it doesn't take much for me to enjoy life. You see, um, but but it was about for me. It's about multiplying myself so we could have a bigger effect on the community. Mm. Because if you're a leader, right, um, and you can create 10 leaders, as I said, you, you, your, your measure is not, it is not how much you achieve for yourself, but how many people help to achieve what you can achieve. You know, yeah. what they can achieve, sorry. So um, for me, it's about stepping back and getting people to step out and achieve a lot as well. So if I have, if I can only support 50 students a year, and if I train 10 people can also support, say 50 students a year, we're not supporting uh, 500 students as opposed to me just supporting 50. Yeah, so that's no, that's true. It's and that's just, that's just, that's just averages you're giving. That could even be more, couldn't it? You know? Exactly. And if we do so, that for 10, 15, 20 years, the numbers are staggering. Yeah, my maths is not that quick. <laughs> I'll give you a lesson, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, I, I think that's really good as well. And like hearing the fact that you sort of, you were able to, you know, find that job as a lecturer and go part-time, but then um, grow your business from then. But then even then eventually being like, okay, now I'm going to go full-time into my business. Were you nervous or anything being like, I'm going to, cause obviously you are leaving stable money to a certain extent. Like <laughs> were, were you, were you ever worried? Were you ever nervous? Um, not really, because remember I started off the, the business before while I was still teaching. So I started the business mm-hmm. in 2003. So by all nine, I had like some years of experience and I only saw that the business was able to sustain me to, uh, you know, to a certain extent on a repeated basis. Mm-hmm. So I test everything. That's me anyway. Right. I'm a scientist. I test everything. Yeah. <laughs> right? so that's my mentality. Test, test, test. If you don't test, you don't know if it works. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I'm running this thing. I can see that I'm making, you know, 200 pounds, 300 pounds a month, whatever, whatever, till it build up, build up, build up. Till I realized that at one point, and this was only me working on the weekends. Mm. One point I saw that the business was making more money, just me working one weekend, just on the weekend. So once a week, basically, right? Yeah. I was making more money than I was making for my full-time teaching job. Wow. So at that stage, it tells you that, no, 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 you're in the wrong place. You need to do something else. (laughs) (laughs) It's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, really. So I was making more than my income at work. So therefore in my head, I'm thinking, all right, now I need to step back from my work now and do something else with this business because obviously it's clearly working, mm. you know? Um, so I wasn't nervous because I had built it up to, to the stage where it was stable and I realized that I can sustain it. So when I walk away from my work, I was walking away with uh, feeling very empowered because then I'm going to grow my business now even bigger. And um, as I grow be even bigger, it's going to become stronger, have more, more, more funds. I can do more things, have more free time and so on. And then I got the, the part-time lecturing job, which was just another level because now I was lecturing and teaching teachers. So I was getting yeah. the experience of teaching people how to become teachers. Whereas oh, before, okay. I was just a teacher myself in the classroom, teaching children maths and science and whatever. Yeah. But now I'm focusing on the adults saying, hey, this is how you actually teach a lesson, how you create a course and teach and so on and so forth. So that was really building up my own experience. I was only 28 years old by then. Wow. <laughs> so, fair so, enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was in itself a big experience for me, being a 28-year-old person, having this responsibility of running a course at a university. And I was also running a master's course. Mm. So I was given the lead on a, on a, on a master's course. So that was, uh, I got a little bit more experience. So that was for me with a, with a big deal at the time, which had really helped my career. Yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant. And yeah, I, I, you know what? I think in terms of tutoring and mentoring, you, you never really know what it is until you need it. Like I, I had to be tutored when I think it was my, I think it was, um, GCSEs, I was getting tutored for maths and for English. Um, 
because I, I obviously I needed it. <laughs> I needed the support. Um, I was, I was, I was a, I was, my dad also was a maths teacher. So I was a boy that hated doing maths, that was poor at maths with a dad that taught maths. Math, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> not a good look, Tino. Not a good no. look. <laughs> Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, so I can I ask like when you when you are tutoring, sort of what are what are some of the highlights in terms of when you're educating young minds and you're tutoring young people? I mean, for me, the highlights of my career in terms of the community work I do is to see the transformation. You know, when especially when you 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 meet some you know young person who is Mindset a bit negative. They feel like they can't do it. They have low confidence. They have low self-esteem. They have no self-belief. And that's mm-hmm. a huge problem. And then you have to, you know, yeah, as a tutor, as a mentor, you spend time working with them to build up their self-belief, to build up their self-confidence. Because it doesn't matter how much math or English or science you teach, without the self-confidence and the self-belief, it won't reach anywhere. You're wasting your time. So you first, you have to build up that self-confidence, build up the self-belief that they can feel, okay, I can achieve something, I can do something, right? So I don't care how low they are in their maths and their English. What I'm checking first and foremost is how strong they are in their self-belief and their self-confidence. If they are very, um, very confident in themselves, like I can do things, I can get, achieve something. And now mm-hmm. sometimes I start with sports. Do you do any sport? And they're like, yeah, I do football. I'm really good at football, blah, blah, blah. Now you kind of feel that like this child is able to achieve something. They have that confidence of achievement. Yeah. They have some, some spirit of achievement and competition and so on. And then um, it's about the self-belief. So once they can believe in themselves, then you can start teaching the math because it's now start to realize that, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm worth something. I can do something. Yeah. Before they get to that stage, man, it's going to be hard. So for me, the transformation, you know, the highlight is to see that transformation when they get from a point of, ah, I'm no use. I'm no good. I'm rubbish to the point where, you know what? I am learning maths because I changed the language. You're not bad at maths. You're just learning maths. You need to improve in your maths. So then you get to the point where they're saying, I'm, I'm improving my math. My math is improving. I'm learning. I'm doing better. And then you can start to see them growing as an individual. And then as they grow as an individual, the, the, the academic side of things will, be, will fall into place. They start to grow academically as well. But I will always believe that the person is first before the teaching of the, the academic subject. So how do you, how, how do you build that self-confidence? How do you be, build that self-belief in somebody? I know you said you sort of help change the language in terms of like, I'm learning and I'm doing better, but is there anything more that you do or do you try and get outside help when you're trying to build someone's self-belief? Uh, no, I don't go for outside help because that's my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would not outsourcing. <laughs> I would really drop draw upon outside help. I mean, um, I am in a community where I know a lot of people who can do a lot of different things and and, and wonderful uh, professionals as well. So if I do have anything I'm struggling with, I know who to call upon, of course. But doing what this for so long, you know, nowadays I, I kind of just can do it with my eyes closed. But um, for me, the first step is. Language is a huge problem. And when I say language, I don't mean the idea of speaking or listening. What I do mean is the way we use words. And you can, add the, as the, I think there's a, a quote in the Bible that says that um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I think it means about the words that we use. And you can use negative words to create a negative vibe and to create a negative mindset. And negative people use negative words. Because their mindset is negative. So what they think is negative and what comes out of their mouth is negative. Because your word, your word, the words you use, they come from your soul. They come from very deep within. So when you hear a young person speak and they, the way they talk about themselves and describe themselves, then you can t- start to feel that they have low confidence or whatever. So what you have to do is to know what you call a paradigm shift, where you start to shift their language. You're not going to just tell them, don't, don't use negative words anymore. When they say something, you repeat it in a positive frame. Right. So I'm rubbish at maths. I would say, no, you're learning maths. Mm. You become good at maths. So you, you start to use different, uh, a positive tone to it and you shift it around. So then eventually they start to adapt this positive language. And trust me, if you start to speak positively about yourself, you will start to grow. As opposed to say, oh, I'm not good at something. If you say, you know what, I'm learning this thing. You start to find uh, some form of joy and enjoyment in that because now you're feeling empowered. 
So it's yeah. a lot of empowerment, which I teach. And then once we get that, then we can get the, we get the mindset changed and then we get the personality to be, um, to, to kind of start to develop a, a different character. And then you, as you add the maths or the English to it, that child is not empowered because they now have two sides, you know, the personal empowerment side and they have the academic empowerment. So when you combine those two, this child is going to be unstoppable. And that's my mission is to create unstoppable children. Yeah. And that's a brilliant mission. And I, I really like that. And it's, it's crazy how just changing language can change your outlook, change your outlook on life, but also change how you then engage with things. Like I, I always find it fascinating when we think about the brain is that if you're able to change the words that you tell yourself um, mm -hmm. and that you can then change your surroundings around you, like you can, you can change your, I say change your world. Obviously you can't change the world, but your outlook changes so much. And that looks like you're changing your world, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Because if, if you change, remember, if you change your outlook, you change the world because you would see a different world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simple as you said, it's so much more simpler than me. I love it. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Cause sometimes they have this saying when I was growing up, I don't know if you heard it before that seeing is believing. Mm -hmm. Now I change that around to say believing is seeing. <laughs> I believe you believe what you see. You believe first and you see it. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so I kind of rephrase that because I believe that if you have a positive mindset, you see things in a positive frame. When you look, you'll see positive things around you. Yeah, definitely. You have to no, believe I, first and then you see it. I like that. That might even be the title of this episode to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> It's copyright, by the way. Okay. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> but, but you can use it. I, I, okay. I'll, I'll let you off. No infringement here. I won't charge you for copyright infringement. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm laughing. I don't think I've laughed a lot, uh, as much as this on an episode. So thank you. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Um, so you said that you're that you've also pivoted. Well, not pivoted, but you've added sort of another service onto your business in terms of coaching parents to become mentors, to become coaches. Um, so how's that going? How are you finding mentoring parents to be able to empower their children and take the stuff that you've learned and for them to then give that out to other kids? Okay. Fantastic. Good question. But yeah, um, my business has developed over the years. So it developed in, you know, by adding different layers on and it's, it's a natural evolution. I mean, I didn't plan for these things. I mean, I didn't plan. I was going to be doing this for 20 years. I mean, I didn't plan to be in the UK for 20 years. Uh, you want to leave us already? <laughs> you know, he's coming studying and then, and then leaving in about two, three years, five years, whatever. But it was about oh, coming, studying and go. Right you know, it wasn't coming, sticking around for this long, create a family to get started. Um, because I when I stuck here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, I'm not sure about the stop bit, but you know. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> but I might be going back there one day sooner than, than later, hopefully. So um, what happened is, as, as I started out, the first step was just to teach children maths and English and science and those kind of things, the academic side of things. And then I realized that there was a lack, uh, a need for for this, the stimulation of the mind, because how I, how I was brought up, I was, I, I brought up, I was brought up in a situation where I wasn't rich or wealthy or anything like that. But at the same time, we didn't have any problems. <laughs> you know what I mean, and when I came to the UK as a young man, I realized that people had a lot of problems. You know, I would, I would be working in school, for example, and I see children who are really, really kind of going through a lot of problems, a lot of, you could say that they're messed up <laughs> if you like, mm. you know, and I didn't understand that I, because where, where I grew up, there was, you know, kids were just happy and we just doing things. I didn't see children who were kind of, uh, who, who lost it, who were messed up, who had issues, who are, you know, going through some crazy things. Yeah, and I was like, children as well. You know, I'm like, as a kid, what? So I feel like we just need to sit with these children and have a chat with them and say, hey, get rid of this nonsense. Think this way. Do this, do that. But you're not allowed to do that in school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my first problem. I thought, oh, that can't be done because that's not politically correct. You're going to get yourself into all kinds of problems. So then the next step was, I was thinking, how do I do it? Because I was getting these children coming to me and I know that they, they had bigger needs than the needs of the classroom. Mm. But I couldn't solve their needs. I couldn't talk to them. 
And I went out in search of something. I was, I remember back then there was no internet at home. So we had always to go to the internet cafe. You know, we didn't have smartphones and those things back then. We had Nokia 3210 and all this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went to, uh, on a weekend, uh, I normally go to the internet cafe to do uh, use the internet and so on. And I remember I went down there to the internet cafe one weekend and I was really looking at this idea and I was searching up life like a life consultant or something. Cause I didn't know the, anything to search for. Like, you know, mm. and I was searching for life consultant. And then this thing came up about life coaching and I read upon it and I started to study it and it was really interesting. And it was like what I was looking for. I'm looking for this thing, but I didn't know what it was called. Cause I didn't know anything about coaching, mentoring, those terms I didn't know. So I, I got this thing and it is life coaching and I started looking into it. And then I, I left from there and I look into, it carried into something else called mentoring. And I started to study mentoring and, you know, I did a course in mentoring and all these different things. I'm a qualified life coach as well. So um, I got involved in and, and, got, and really got stuck into these ideas of mentoring, coaching and so on. And that's when I decided, um, I'm, I can, I'm going to create a, a, a layer of my business around the whole mentoring thing for these young people. So, you know, cause I wanted to do that. I wanted to add it, but I didn't know what to, to do and how to do it. So yeah. I went out and I spent some time learning about it and then uh, I, I added it. So when they came to me, I had two strands. Now you can come for academic or you can come for mentoring. And I realized the mentoring was picking up just as much as the academic. And then I combined the two to say, if you come for academic, I'm going to also add mentoring on top of free. Yeah. <laughs> so, you could That's get nice. both. That's good. <laughs> you know, um, and then you could just come for mentoring by itself and so on. And that happened naturally, you know, over some time, it, it, it took some time to, to grow and, and embed itself nicely in the business. And then it got to the stage where parents were coming to me now with a lot of problems of their own. <laughs> right. So yeah. as they were coming to me and saying, oh, Dr. Nick, this is the problem, you know, at home with my child in school, this, 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 I don't know what to do. I don't know how to approach this. What should I do? So I started to give a lot of advice to parents. So naturally there's a market growing there. So I thought to myself, oh, okay, now I need to do something for the parents. So I then decided to um, add the parenting sessions onto that, where I started to teach parents about more kind of parenting skills, coaching parents, uh, running workshops. I still run workshops for parents. I have one now called Youth and Moms, where we invite the parents to come along with their children. It's online. It's on Zoom. They can uh, find that on my website, www.drnick.me. And um yeah, so they could, you know, they could come to that with their, with their, with their children, and they could just sit and we have a conversation about what's going on. And it's a, it's a group of parents, you know, uh, we do it quite often nowadays, um, yeah. you know. So that kind of thing. So parents, are, you know, because of what they're asking me, I realize they're, they're the need. And then as we we went on from from the parents inside and supporting the parents, then other people start coming to me and say, Dr. Nick, I love the work you're doing. What you're doing is, is fantastic. It's helping the community. It's great. How can I get involved? Now, I didn't have the, the space to employ any staff. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought to myself, how can I help these people who want to help the community? Because I'm, yeah. I'm all about community, right? Uh, and I'm like, how can I help these people who really want to help your community? What can I do to help them? So I decided, well, if I could train them to do what I do, I don't have to employ them. Yeah, <laughs> they could don't become payroll. <laughs> <laughs> they could become self-employed and go yeah. off and do the things that they want to do. You know, do the, the, the work they have. They have passion in it, and there is enough people out there to pay them anyway to do it for 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 themselves. So therefore, if they go off and become self-employed, I don't have to employ them. Because the number of people that are coming to me, I can't, I couldn't ever, ever afford to employ of them. I wouldn't have the need for them anyway. Yeah. But, but the community still need more people for, for help. Right. So I've been saying for the last 15 or so years, we need more mentors, we need more mentors on the ground. We need more people to help the community. But, you know, gradually people started to come forward. So as they came forward, I started to train them. And that's how they, the whole thing about um, becoming a youth mentor and teaching people to become youth mentored, mentors and giving a, I have no a, a, a youth mentoring certification program where I can now certify people to become youth mentors and stuff. So that's how that, that, that came out because people wanted to help the community. And I wanted to find a way to help them. And I couldn't say, come volunteer with me, come work with me. I didn't have the capacity for that. So I thought, if I teach you to go and do this stuff, then if you go there and you do it and you make money and you do what I'm, you know, you're basically doing what I'm doing. Some people said, but you're creating competition for yourself. I'm like, there's no competition here. There's yeah. no, <laughs> I mean, there's no competition. There's no people who need help. So therefore, yeah. 
if, you know, I believe the community is always growing and evolving and they need different talent, different skill set, different people to help. How much can I do? How long am I going to be here for? You know, I, I, I'm not going to be here for the next 200, 300 years. I wish I would be, but that's not the case. So yeah. I'm, part of my legacy is to train as many people as possible. I'm now looking to train 500 people. Um, in the next few years to get them out there in the community to be doing the, the mentoring because the youth mentoring is really, really needed right now with our young people, you know, with knife crime, you know, the, the, the school dropout rates, you know, young people are out of employment, the, the mental health issues. And I think that's what your, 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 um, your program is mainly about their mental health and the black mental health and so on, especially in boys and men. And a lot of our young boys out there, especially are struggling to find their identity, to fit in with the, the bigger society as it were. So we need to be supporting them. And that's what I do. So I support who I can support myself individually, but also I train other people to go out and do what I do by supporting the community and, and growing. And I've been supporting people and helping people in, in Canada, the UK, USA, Africa, Jamaica, the Caribbean, and so on. Hey, I've gone worldwide, been, eh? I've been mentoring people uh, to become mentors and certifying them um, or, you know, in all these different countries and so on. And they have been doing their, their part in their country and their different areas. Some are doing online, some are doing locally and so on. I have a, a lady, for example, she's based over in Jamaica. She's done her training with me and her clients that she worked with are in America. So <laughs> in Jamaica, people in America. And things like that. So it, it's it's a wonderful project. Um, anybody is interested in getting involved, they can you know check out my website, uh, me. They will see a lot of information on there uh, regarding what I do. Yeah, brilliant. Now, yeah. on, on honestly, man, um, I, that's 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 I'm lost for words because I think that's just awesome what you're doing, and you can really hear your passion for community and for empowering others. And I think it's good the fact that, as you were saying, there is no competition because there is so much need that we need the best people, we need the most people possible to bring their different skill sets because you know i'm sure you get mental i'm sure you get people that are mentors that are you know working in the nhs or that have been social workers or that are in different different fields and that can bring their own experiences and their own knowledge and be able to support young people because i, I think what you said um is quite important because there is a lot of there is a lot of stuff that's going on for young people now you know covid also had a huge impact on people's mental health on people's schooling i think i don't even know statistics but i just know there's probably there is a large amount of children that find it hard to go back to school now because of being in covid and the mental health and the anxiety so it's really it, i feel like you've taken quite a holistic approach because you've seen that there are needs for children in the home and for parents as well, that they also need to be able to be like, we need to make a stable environment in the house so I can thrive, but then also so their children can thrive. Because, you know, you, you can teach a kid everything. And I'm sure you probably experienced this. You can, you can empower a child, you can give them all the knowledge and then they go back home and they're just not in the space to complete their homework because maybe there's stuff going on at home or that all this teaching sort of goes out the window because it doesn't then get reinforced back in the, in the home space. So um, I'm glad you've taken very quite a holistic approach to your work. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Yeah. That's important because the home life is very important, you know, and especially in our program called youth and moms and um, that, that workshop there is very important because we see a lot of issues and it's free as well. So parents can just turn up and, you know, just register and come along. And that's when we spend a lot of time talking about the issues at home where some parents are really struggling personally at home and they need support because the children are not absorbing that negative energy. And some of it is trauma from the, the parents' own childhood. So that's also coming down as we call it generational trauma and so on. And um, we have... I have been training people as mentors, such as social workers, like you mentioned. So they have their own skill set that they go with. I have um, a very, a very nice lady I've, I've trained up recently. She is do working with moms and babies. She's from the NHS and she works in, in um, she's obviously a nurse and she works with, with babies in the hospital. You know, that's what she does. So she's now creating a program around moms and babies where she's now going out in the community as a mentor to support 
young moms and their babies because some of them they don't you know they're not getting the support from the nhs that they should be getting you know some of the vital support or some of them don't know where to turn to get the support you know imagine a a teenager having a, a baby they maybe just be left out there on their own don't know what to do confusion and she's out there helping um these young people these young parents young moms if you like mm. with their babies and i think that's a fantastic piece of work she's doing out there i have another lady who is um she focused on breastfeeding for example you know she she's written a, a lot of material about breastfeeding and you know her work as a mentor now after my training is she's going out there and supporting moms who are feeling a bit um not so confident you know, about breastfeeding and how to breastfeed your children. So she's out there now teaching and working in the, in the community doing that work. So we have, you know, so many different people. And hence I said, there's no competition because I'm in education. I teach kids, you know, math, English, science, whatever, teach them about their minds. But there's so many other um, areas and different branches that people can go off and support the community because the need, if we were just sit here and write the needs of our community, we would have a list of uh, two, 300 things that we need. We don't have time for that. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, that would be a, a, a one-year program. But just sit yeah. there and needs because you can think about financial needs. People need financial support. People need uh, needs with your children. We have that can be divided into babies, toddlers. You know, we yeah, could teens, the whole shebang. Different things. We could talk about the need of schools. I have a lady, a, a, for example, a parent phoned me the other day. She's looking for someone to go into school with her as an advocate because she has a very tough meeting in the school with her son being excluded or on the verge of being excluded. She wants someone to come into school with her to to talk about that and and to support her. Now I couldn't um, attend that meeting with her. I had to call upon one of my mentors who is into parent, um, parent advocate. Uh, uh, she's a parent advocate. So after training her up, she decided she want to be a parent advocate. So she's um, a former teacher herself and she's very strong. So she's, um, able to go into schools and have these meetings with the teachers and take them head on to help to protect our black children. You know, isn't it? So I, 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 you know, so there's no competition. It's always, we are growing, we are cooperating, we're working together, we are building. And that's what I like to see because she's getting the support for her son to be in school because that's where he should be. And he's been um, mistreated and all these different things. And she's looking to get things right, done right for her son. Now I can't support her, but if I supported somebody or trained somebody who's able to go and support this lady now, come on now, how can I feel bad about that? How can I feel like there's competition. I have yeah. a feeling that growing. This is synergy. This is the energy we need in our community. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so we talked about sort of um how you how you've been empowering others to become mentors. What does it take to become a youth mentor? What what do people when you see people come to you, like what are you looking for in a person's character? Passion. <laughs> I'm looking to become a youth mentor. The first thing I'm looking for is passion. I'm looking for the candidate to be somebody who's passionate about what they do. So I want to know what they do or what they've been doing. And normally the people that I, I see coming up, well, if we have people from all different um branches and careers, but normally people who are who I call the help industry. People coming from the help help industry, like social workers, teachers, carers, and so on, they 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 take up most of the opportunities as mentors because they have that mindset already to help. Yeah, right. And I've seen other people, like I have one lady who is a scientist. She's a medical um, biomedical scientist, and she she came on as a mentor as well. And she got trained up as a mentor. I have a lot of therapists who came through, psychotherapists, and so on. So um, different different people, but really it's about people with a passion to help the community. Some people naturally, based on what they do for a living and so on, are generally more drawn to that area because that's what they already know and do. But there are some people who are from different areas who have that passion. They still see a need within the community for the community to continue to grow and be uplifted, and they want to be yeah. part of it. So they come on board. So the key thing is passion, wanting to really see the community grow and flourish, wanting to see our young people um, grow and flourish, wanting to see a difference within the lives of our young people, parents, families, students, wanting to see them do well and achieve their full potential. Those are the the main um, ingredients we're looking for in somebody wanting to be a mentor. Yeah. And yeah, you see, um, as you're saying, you, you get a lot from the help 
professions and that it makes sense because as you're saying they already have a passion for helping people and this is sort of just another aspect onto that especially um I've, I've trained to be a social worker. I'm, I, I, I am a social worker. I've graduated. Um, I just haven't started social work. I, so I feel like I can't say that I am because I haven't started yet. I've got experiences yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're, I, you're, you're a social worker in the making. Yeah, in the making. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the title, but I haven't got the experience. Yeah, so. you get the experience. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm planning on. I'm planning on starting in October. That's when my. Um, I decided to take a year out, um, because I finished two degrees back to back during COVID. So mm-hmm. I was like, I need a break. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I've taken. I've taken my break. My mom. My mom keeps asking, when are, When are you going to start? When are you going to start your profession and stuff, <laughs> and stuff like that? So um, I'll be starting soon but i think like for social workers i think it's hard um it's hard for them sort of being within the system i think because there's a lot that they want to do but they can't do it because of the budget there's things which they know that are needed for children to be able to go there and spend time with them and you know to be able to really build them up so i've i I can see why there would be social workers that'd be like let me also train to be a youth mentor because then i can go into the home for much longer i can spend a longer time with people i don't have the constraints of you know be there quick time, get your notes and leave because you've got something else because the system is already stressed enough. Mm-hmm. So it, I think that sort of element is able to, yeah, is able to tackle a lot of other things. I keep mentioning holistic, but I, I always think that's the best way to solve any issue really, because mm-hmm. there's never just one thing that is the, the main thing, the main source is all, I feel like there's always sort of other small things that are contributing to someone's situation. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. And again, with the youth mentoring, uh, a lot of people, like 90% of the people who come on my course, they end up becoming a paid mentor. So they're getting paid to be a mentor. So it's not like they're volunteering doing it. Because there are, again, there are a lot of parents out there who are willing to pay for this service because they know, obviously, they want somebody to put their time and attention to their children and themselves um, for, for a long period of time. They need to pay for it. They need to compensate the person for their time. So a lot of people, a lot of parents are willing to pay for this service. So um, a lot of the people who are, you know, like I said, 90% or maybe more of the people I train as youth mentors, they're actually in paid roles where they're getting pay for what they do. So they charge anywhere between say 25, 30, 35 pounds an hour and so on. So they actually, when they go in the home, they know they're going to be there for an hour or they, they work online with these young people and their parents. So they, again, they know that they're getting paid for what they're doing. So again, that would also help to, to kind of boost their, their um, passion a little bit better because mm-hmm. a little bit more because they know that there's something for them as well. So um, I teach from the angle to say, put something, um, charge something, because when you charge, uh, well, for most of them anyway, if they were to do it for other volunteers, they wouldn't last very long. And what we need is commitment and dedication. We need people who are dedicated to what they're doing for it to really work. But there's no point you want to help a young person. Like some example I can give you, I have had parents who came to me in the past and I said, okay, why don't you try and get a mentor? Maybe somebody from church, somebody from the, within the family, somebody from your workplace and so on. And then once they, they get these mentors, they will phone me and tell me, doctor, this person only done one session with my child and never return. Or uh, they've done two sessions <laughs> and disappear. And um, when I then oh, maybe yeah. reach out, yeah, maybe when I reach out with, to the mentor and say, Okay, uh, so and so said you were supporting the, um, her her son, and she's wondering what's going on because she didn't hear back from you, and so on. Then the person will say, "Well, I'm busy. I can't, you know, I haven't got the time, and so on." So it's always busy, not having the time. And what it comes down to, what I realized over the years, is because they're volunteering. So when it's free, people don't really have much much interest in it. But only one or a few people. But when it's really when they're, they're getting paid for it. If somebody's going to pay you 30 pounds to turn up for an hour, more than likely you're going to turn up. But yeah, if yeah, yeah. you nothing to turn up, then it's going to be like, oh my God, I got this to do. I got that to do. You got all the excuses in the world. So now I teach mentoring from the perspective of charge for your mentoring, because if you don't charge, you won't last very long. If you don't last very long, you're not going to be helpful to anybody. So it's a point, it's pointless having you on board. Uh, if you charge, you can be there for 10, 20, 15 years or 35 years or whatever. That's going to make a lot of difference in the community. So you better if you charge and be around than not to charge and then not being around. Yeah, no, definitely. And and at the end of the day, everyone has we all we all got bills. We 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 all need we all we all need the money. So like 
yeah, I think having that baseline in terms of, listen, I'm going to charge, but I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here for a while. And it also then helps that young person know that they've got someone reliable, that they've got someone committed and that they're going to be there for the long haul. Because, you know, some of these children who we might be mentoring might have had people in their lives that aren't present Mm -hmm. for a while. So Mm -hmm. that youth mentor being there just just even just being there for a while can have such a huge impact on um that child's belief their self-confidence and even their trust in people as well exactly yeah so it's vital that we we have people who are able to stick around you know so um and then some of these young people as you mentioned they you know they've been let down by different family members such as maybe their dad let them down promised to meet them or take them out i hear these stories all the time you know dad was gonna come and dad never came two years passed and dad hasn't been seen yet you know so this young person obviously is traumatized by these experiences and so on so again for another person to go in and let them down it started to break the trust and break their hearts again they don't want that so we we want people who are going to come in for three months six months a year two years i mean i'm doing this for 20 years you know um if i wasn't being paid for doing it would i be doing it for 20 years day, day in day out week in week out Probably not, to be honest, because, you know, this is all I do now. You know, I'm here talking to you about youth mentoring and, and helping children and supporting parents and families and so on right now. If I wasn't getting paid, and you're not paying me for this podcast, by the way, which maybe I would prefer. Episode number two, I'll be, I'll be charging for that. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> my second interview with you. But, um, but on a more serious note, if I, if I wasn't being paid for it, then I wouldn't have this flexibility, the time or anything. I'll be telling you, I, I couldn't, well, there'll be no point talking to you anyway. Cause what would I be talking to you about? You know, yeah. I wouldn't be here talking to you about, if I was teaching a school, for example, I wouldn't be here talking to you about how school works. I'm pretty sure you understand that. And nobody really want to know too much about how school works because that's kind of common knowledge. But, um, you know, we talk about community development. So if I wasn't in the community, how would I be able to talk to you about community development? How would I be able to, help to build the community, make it a better place. You know, we're working on projects in Jamaica, for example. Those projects are going pretty well. We have a group of people down there doing stuff. We, you know, we, we be training people there to do help with, you know, the boys there and the situation there. That's, that's uh, some of them have some very, very challenging situations. How would we be, how would I be doing all of these things if I wasn't being paid for it? Where would I get, how would I sustain my, 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 my lifestyle? How would I pay my bills? So therefore I would have to be doing something else. Maybe I'll be working in the school and that's it. I would teach and I come home and I do nothing for the community. I just go to school, teach in my classroom, come home, sit at home, mark my papers, <laughs> mark my books, um, plan my lessons, go back to work. And that's my cycle. So I, I wouldn't be able to engage in the community as much as I do now. I can only engage in it now because I'm getting paid to engage. So I do believe that if you are able to be paid for what you do within the community space, then why not charge? Because you would be around for a much longer time. I'm in there for 20 years now, 20 plus years. And I'm, I think I'll be there for another 20. You could check back in 20 years time and see them. Yeah, we'll check back. <laughs> and Charles, I'll, I'll be around, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think the hair will be will be changed color by then. <laughs> I'm, I may also have a little bit of gray starting to come through at that point. You know, so I'll, I'll be forty five. I'll be forty five. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, so I, I I will be be clocking my eighties then. You know, no, my sixties. Sorry, my sixties. So um, yeah, so we we will see if twenty years come and I'll still be around. Maybe next forty years I'll still be around. I mean, this is something I'm never planning to retire from. You know, as we said earlier on the standard life plan, part of it is to work and then retire and then stop working. For me, this is uh, something that I will never retire from because what's the point retiring? You know, you can always do it. I mean, the, yeah. the older you get, the, the more, uh, what I say, the more mature you, you, you become, the more wisdom you have. <laughs> the more experience you have. So you have more to share. So I think the older you get, the more you have to share anyway. So why would you then, you know, get to that stage of that, uh, 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 you know, great mature age and then walk away from it. You have more to share that time. So that is how you should be really doing it. <laughs> so That's, in, uh, not true. that's interesting. On. That's interesting. I think currently the French might disagree with you, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I get, I get what you mean by that. I get what you mean by that. Um, can I ask throughout this whole conversation, we've been talking about community and we've, we've been talking about passion and that, that has came, that has come through. Um, I've noticed that about you. Um, 
So can I ask where, where do you think your passion for community came from? Where, where do you think, have you always had that or has that been sort of birthed from, you know, maybe your childhood or even just what you've seen now when you've been in the UK? That passion for community, where did it come from? I, I, um, I think you have to go back to my, my, my days in the classroom and also I tell you what, I've been always been a leader. I was told in school that I was a ringleader um, <laughs> <laughs> until recently, uh, about maybe two, three years ago, a teacher of mine when I was in secondary school, uh, we still connect and we have that connection. And he said to me, uh, when you were going to school, they said you were a ringleader, blah, blah, blah. They used to tell me that myself. So I knew that they had that belief, but, uh, he was the one breaking it down to me. I said, this is, you know, you're a leader from then, but because of the school system, it's not certain things that you were, were doing that weren't tolerated, which as I come to know now, uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> you were seen as a bad thing. But, um, so I've been always been a leader. I think, uh, the kind of, the, the, those are qualities I had since I was a young person and, um, the whole idea about building the community and seeing things, um, you know, becoming better within my community. I think that came through from my, my own drive as a person to be better because I always want to be better. And uh, I'm, I'm very ambitious in everything I do. I want to be the best. I want to be better. I want to, you know, see things happening. I want to see things in a better way. And I have this belief, uh, very, I'm deeply spiritual. And I also believe that I should make the world a better place than I came to see it. Yeah. So these are some of the drivers, but, um, to say where exactly where it came from, it's a hard one because I can't really put my finger on it. I got into teaching because of passion of helping. So, um, where that, that had to be, what has to be there before teaching came along, you know? Um, but I would say, where did it come from? Maybe just, maybe it was just innate. I, I had it within me since I was born, but I didn't, I didn't really, uh, know. I was very helpful in school with my, 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 my friends, so to speak. So, uh, in my group, <laughs> you go. So I'm making sure I'm leading and they're following and they, we're doing, making everybody happy within the group and so on and so forth. Um, so if I wasn't able to, to show them passion and maybe care and whatever, whatever, maybe they wouldn't really follow me, follow my lead. If that was, <laughs> um, I was house captain at school. Um, I was house captain. I was, uh, a, sport, a captain of a sport team as well. I did, uh, I was captain of, of my quiz team. So I was captain in many different capacity. So I think I had this kind of this drive to lead people and to want to see change. and want to see better. And so I think that was all there, um, since I was a young person, but, um, it wasn't really tapped into an enhanced. Uh, and again, that's one of the things that school kind of fail at. They don't really tap into children's strength. They will tell you to cut it out, you know, instead of saying, Hey, you're great. Uh, we should train you to become a, a public speaker or something because they have talent in that area and you know to influence people and so on. They might say, Oh yeah, you talk too much. Stop talking. Well, that is the child's uh, greatest strength. Why would you want to shut them down? But that's how schools work, right? That's why they don't always. Yeah. So yeah. So I that remember, um, I was going to say that the person who I was talking to last week, he actually said that himself, that he would always, the thing he would always get into trouble with at school was talking. <laughs> and now, and now that's what he does. Now that's what he, that's what go. he's, that's what his passion is. There you um, go. <laughs> oh, school, 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 always school, school. I, you know what? I think, I don't even know. I, I don't, don't want to get into about the education system, but I don't know whether they're equipped to help kids to do that. I don't know whether no, they have they're, they're not resources equipped. or time. To I mean, it, it, it's a one size fits all, isn't it? But we, I think we should have another session on the school system because yeah, I have a lot yeah. we could say about that. Um, but yeah, and I'll, I'll pay you for that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, I'll be prepared. More prepared. <laughs> I will send you an invoice in advance. Okay. Okay. <laughs> first. <laughs> but awesome. 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 Yeah. That. That's. 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 That. Yeah. Whenever you're ready, man, I'll do another one because um, oh, this good. system is something that. It's a whole different kettle of fish and there's a lot of stuff there that we need to talk about that we need to address that our community will need to know about at some point, you know? So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I leave that for you to say to sort out, but I think you all hear that. <laughs> no, that's at the end. That's, that's a whole nother episode. That's, that's a whole nother unpacking. Um, and so, uh, to, to, to ask the final question of this podcast, which I always ask my guests, mm-hmm. um, say if there's a young black boy that's listening to this conversation, how, mm-hmm. how can something that, you know, help them with an understanding of themselves? Right. So I hope they're listening. First and foremost, I hope your audience has a mixture of of, of young people and uh, young black boys will be there as well. Um, the 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 
the main thing for, for them to take away from this or the support is really about mindset. And I, I strongly believe in mindset because I think that will override everything that we do in life. You know, so it's about staying positive, remaining positive, have a positive outlook on life, uh, believe in yourself. You know, um, that self-belief will help you to feel more empowered and the more empowered you are, then that would lead you to become unstoppable. And that's where you want to get to. So nothing will stop you from achieving what you want to achieve. Um, get yourself a mentor, of course. Uh, you know, if you are a young person out there, you might have met other people that you like, you know, you look up to, maybe Tino is one of them. Um, ask him <laughs> to mentor you, you know. Um, but mentorship is very important as well because, you know, an adult with a positive mindset um, and some life experience can guide you to understand life and to understand yourself even better than you could on your own. So uh, I always believe in mentoring. So a young person out there should be looking at getting mentoring, staying positive. You know, um, the other day I was, uh, a very, very strange story, but the other day I was in Westfield in East London, Stratford, and I, I was in Westfield just shopping and doing my, you know, my general business. And I saw but well, I didn't see him. A young man came up to me and he said to me, sir. So I looked around and I said, excuse me, do you know me? He said, yes, I know, I know you. He was very excited. He said, I know you. You taught me science. You taught me in your eight. Now he's taller than me, the grown man. He's 20, yeah. 24 or 22 or something like that. So many years ago, I taught him when he was 11 or 12 years old. So you must know it's, it's a long time ago I taught him, right? So he's in his 20s now or whatever, whatever. And he was saying to me, um, you know, so he we, we talked for a little bit. He reminded me of who he was. I didn't remember him at, at all, you know. Um, he reminded me of who he was and so on and so forth. He came over from, I think it was Uganda or one of those countries at, at the time when I had him and, and so on. Anyway, so long story short, I have been mentoring him. And one of the things I told him to do, I said to him, Mondays to Fridays, because he's working as well, hold your head down, focus on what you your mission in life, focus on your work, Focus on um, building yourself, making yourself a better person. And on the weekends, you can chill out a little bit and have a bit of fun. But you need to take the, the, the first five days of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to build yourself. Saturday, you can go out a little bit. Sunday is a rest day. Make sure you have peace on that day. So that's the kind of uh, nugget I would drop for a lot of our young people. Each day, Monday to Friday, make sure you use that to build yourself. Take Saturday to relax a little bit, a bit of fun. And then Sunday is the day when you try to, I would say, sharpen the soul to uh, recharge your batteries. And then you should see a lot of changes in your life. Yeah. And then you're ready for Monday, aren't you? You're ready for Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and the cycle continues. <laughs> no, brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, Dr. Nick, um, for coming onto the podcast and for chatting to me. Um, is there anything you want to plug before, before you leave? Before... If, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, thank you so much for having me here. It, it had been a great, great pleasure to talk to you and um, anybody out there listening and, and want to get in touch with me. The easiest way is to go to my website, which is www.drnick.me. So that www.drnick dot m e and then once you get to my website you find my social media handles there you you can find my uh, whatsapp there you can you know, email whatever you can find many ways of contacting me from there but the, the first port of contact is to get to that point of my website and then from there you'll see what i'm doing you'll see more about my projects and then you can message me from there Brilliant. No, brilliant. Yeah. And I'm going to put it into the show notes as well. So no one's got no excuses. Dr. Nick has said it very clearly. So if you want to find him, you're like, oh, what did he say? He said it so clearly. But if not, you can always go into the show notes. Fantastic. So, yeah. Thank you so much Tina, for your time. And, and I really appreciate the fact that you set up this podcast as well, because oh, the community development and which is something I'm about. So well done to you. Thank you very much, Dr. Nick. So, yeah, I hope you have a good day. Enjoy your evening. It's weird. I've been talking to Americans for a while and usually it's in the morning for them, but at least for us both. Now we'll go to sleep soon. So <laughs> I hope you have a good night. You too, man. Thank you very much. Take care. Peace. God bless you. God bless.
So that is the end of the episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dr. Nick, for coming onto the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you. And I think my audience, I hope my audience is going to get some really good value out of this. I don't even hope, I know, because I got so much value out of this myself. So I know my audience is going to get some good value out of it. And my audience, how y'all doing? How you been? Chat to me, chat to me, chat to me nicely, chat to me clean. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for engaging um tell me tell me what you thought of this episode on uh, my social medias at black and raw and everything twitter instagram and tiktok or email me speak at black and i'd love to hear your views and thoughts and if you want to get in touch with dr nick i'm going to put his website into the show notes but it's uh, www.drnick.me so you go and check out what he does and you know if you are in the uk or i think it's even international in terms of some of the zoom chats that he's talking about the baby and the mom's one I think that sounds really good actually so if there's anything you want to attend of Dr. Nick's then just go and check out his website and yeah thank you very much for listening guys I hope you enjoyed this episode and I don't think I have much more to say other than thank you thank you and thank you and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day we will talk soon